podcast is going to be a complete turnaround for me. Normally I'm interviewed, but this time I'll be the one interviewing my two special guests. And the reason I've decided to do this is multifold. And once you understand who these folks are, it will become clear to you why I wanted to do this so much. So whether you're new to homeopathy or an old pro, you'll appreciate what you'll learn today because we're going to be interviewing two key people in the world of global homeopathy. So let me start with this. You know those little blue bottles of homeopathic medicines you see at your local supermarket or health food store at your local conventional pharmacy and online? Well, they're made by Boron. And there is a fascinating and perhaps to you an untold story that needs to be revealed here in the US and that is my goal today. So I want to start with two super important people, as I said, at Boron. First, we have Michelle Boron. In case you haven't made the connection yet, she carries the family name of Boron, which makes her super important in the story that she and we are about to tell. So Michelle Boron is a pharmacist since 1969. She practiced her profession with passion behind the counter until 2005 in both homeopathic and allopathic pharmacies. And that makes her a little special, folks, especially in the US. Since then, Michelle has traveled the world, sharing her experiences with fellow pharmacists in countries such as Brazil, Russia, Tunisia, Poland, the Czech Republic, and Polynesia. And now, of course, she's in North America, and she's probably done this many times. But this is a really fascinating thing, is that she was made Knight of the Legion of Honor by the French Minister of Health in 2008. Now, before we start talking to her, let me also introduce to you Christophe Melville. And Christophe holds a doctorate of pharmacology, is the director of education and pharmacy development at Boron. In his position, he creates training programs, both online and in print, for pharmacists and retailers on homeopathic medicines used to treat common health conditions. Before his 20-year career with Boron, Christophe was a university hospital pharmacist in France, Loire Valley, where he obtained three years of clinical experience. He was, of course, born in France. He completed his pharmacy doctorate in Nantes in 1985, and he also co-authored several published works and has presented homeopathic topics at scientific meetings. So I welcome you both. This is really exciting for me, and I hope for our listeners as well. So if you don't mind, let's start with you, Michelle. I just have to ask you this question, if you don't mind. I've heard you have a reputation for being a troublemaker. And I love troublemakers. So will you, <laughs> That's so I tell people they need to have guts, spunk, and moxie. So I want to know what the reason is for this reputation. I heard you speak on it recently. And so I'd love to have you share that with us. <laughs> Why are you such a troublemaker? <laughs> yes, I am, really. Uh, I was a troublemaker because I was never satisfied with what I had. I began my story in the family pharmacy in Lyon, and in that pharmacy, there were only homeopathic medicines. So I was not so well with that, because as a young pharmacist, I thought there were many other medicines very effective and important. So I stayed there 10 years, and I said, no, I have to go on my own. And I went, and I bought a small pharmacy in the suburb of Lyon, only allopathic drugs and not a single pellet tube. I was happy to say, I'm going to do what I want. 
<laughs> I love it. That's <laughs> the goal for all of us. It should be. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit of the legacy of your parents as pharmacists and how that all fit into your life and what Boron is today? You know, I wanted to be an English teacher. You can't imagine that today. Huh? <laughs> but we had a family various and my father was pharmacist. My mother was pharmacist. So I became a pharmacist. Then I began with my mother in her pharmacy. Afterwards, I had my own pharmacy and I introduced homeopathy in the allopathic pharmacy. And then I came back to the family pharmacy and there I put conventional medicine in the homeopathic pharmacy. That's why I am a troublemaker, you know. <laughs> because I need to get all the medicines and not only a part of them. Yes, yes. And they always teach me to do what I really wanted to do. So that's very important. And my father was so much passionate by homeopathy. So I lived with that. And uh, he transmitted that to us, I think. <laughs> us three, my two brothers and I, are still working in the field of homeopathy. Yes. So you're the bridge to the two paradigms of medicine, mm. allopathy and homeopathy. Yes, that's true. Because we have wonderful medicines. The only thing is to use them in the right way. And first of all, not to take a hammer to kill a mosquito. So at the first beginning of a story of a disease, you have to try first for me homeopathic medicine because they are effective and without side effects. If ever it's not working for one reason or another, okay, we have time to take another medicine. So first of all, can be used alone. And also now more and more, it's used as a complementary medicine. And of course, also in case that people cannot take conventional medicine. So you have so many ways to use homeopathy. For me, it's important to know it. And that's why I'm going around the world to share my experience with homeopathy with pharmacists. Yes, yes. But there's a uniqueness in that message. Is that maybe it's because of the French pharmacies and the patient pharmacist exchange, perhaps that has something to do with it. I believe that's very unusual. We don't see a tight exchange here in North America between the pharmacist and the patient. The pharmacist in the U.S. is kind of the go-between. Mm -hmm. And I love that it's done this way in France, and I would love you to expound on that if you don't mind. Yes, it is true that it is very different exercise in France than in the US. But I can tell you, it is changing all around the world. The role of the pharmacist is increasing and becoming a more advisory role everywhere, in Russia, in Tunisia, in Italy, and everywhere in the world. So I think it's coming here too, because people need to have somebody to ask questions as soon as they come. And of course, otherwise they have to be aware of many things themselves. It's very difficult. Yes, it's a lot of work. You're absolutely right. I've actually advised people that if their pharmacist is too busy during the day, that they should call in the middle of the night 
those pharmacies that are open 24 hours <laughs> and get the lonely pharmacist when he or she's all alone and in need of company and wouldn't mind some questions coming in at the dark hours of 3 a.m. But maybe that will change in the U.S. That would be great. I'd love to see that happen. I think it's going to change. So there's a wide appeal of homeopathic medicines in France, much different than what we see in North America, yes? Yes, of course. In France, more than 50% of the people over 18 years old have used already homeopathic medicines. And that means without counting children. So that's very important. Here, it's not exactly the same. <laughs> a little bit less, but we are on a wave at that moment where people are willing more natural and less aggressive therapeutics. It is the same for the food. It is the same for everything. Mm -hmm. They want more natural things. Homeopathy fits quite well with this new way of life. So I think it will be more and more. It is a tidy fit. I agree with you. I think it has a lot to do with perhaps the politics of the world today, perhaps the internet, having the ability to look things up on their own. There's a movement, I think, throughout the world, as you said, for cleaner environments and better food and accountability and what these medications can or cannot do. I agree with you. So Christoph, if you don't mind, I'd love to bring you into this. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us about how your medicines are made. I don't want to get too deep into this. I don't want to get into potencies and how, et cetera, et cetera, but a little bit about the rules and regulations for those folks who tend to believe that homeopathy is running by the seat of its pants when in fact it is nothing like that. Could you dispel that for us? So the, the first thing to know, uh, important is that in the U.S., Homeopathic medicines have been defined as drugs since 1938. And for everybody, that means that the level of control on the manufacturing and distribution of these medicines is very high, much higher than with herbs and supplements. So, for example, during the manufacturing process, you have dozens of controls that are happening to control exactly that each medicine is the same. Uh, one thing that Warren has been very, very instrumental in the world of uh, homeopathic manufacturing is establishing guidelines that have been accepted, integrated to the French pharmacopoeia and some of them to the U.S. pharmacopoeia, homeopathic pharmacopoeia, of course, in the U.S., to provide a medicine that's very reliable. You can count on it. With Bon, we start always with fresh plants, for example. Every time we can, it's a fresh plant. The level of control here also is very high. For example, on each homeopathic, on each Bon homeopathic medicine, you have a little lot number. Okay, if uh, you give me that lot number, I can call friends and they can tell me what was the weather like. Oh, come on. Yes, because wow, we need how to, impressive. When, when the, the plant was harvested, because we need to gather the plant when it's not rainy, otherwise there is too much water in the plant and so on and so forth. So those are just a few examples of the level of control we care not talking about dilutions in detail, but when we manufacture homeopathic dilution, it is done in an environment where the air is extremely pure. It's even purer than the air on top of Mount Everest. And all that is validated and controlled and, and so on. So homeopathic medicine are not made, you know, on the corner of a kitchen table. It's a highly controlled process 
order for each physician, each pharmacist, each patient to receive or to distribute or to dispense a medicine of the highest quality and reliability. So, Christophe, are you saying that this is unique to Boron? I would say yes, no question. I work with other pharmacists. We, the company, one company as a fast pharmacist control, and especially in the domain of homeopathy where tradition and modernism work together, this is really unique. To not to criticize, but for example, the dynamization process, you can do it by hand. Of course, that's how Hanman described it. But we keep the same spirit, but we use a dynamizer, which is the same in every born plant, and is calibrated to vibrate at the same speed and during the same length. So each dynamization is always made the same way. Consistency. Consistency in order to eliminate from the patient and the physician or the pharmacist the doubt that, oh, I don't see the same effect with the medicine because of the medicine. No, if you don't see the same effect, it comes from the patient. So that's very important. Yes, that eliminates one factor that could be very important. We don't know to what extent the dynamization must be uh, 10 seconds, 12 seconds, 5 seconds. All that needs to be ascertained, and I'm sure it will be in the near future. However, consistency at this point is important. You know it works well when you do it that way. You keep working that, doing it that way. It's as simple as that. Beautiful. It's beautiful. So... Obviously, what happens when you run a company for many decades and it grows exponentially, not just in the home country from which it began, but then to the next country and the next and the next, and then goes across the pond to the other side of the world. There's a reason for that. That has a lot to do with the consistency and the quality and et cetera. And so I believe even before I knew anyone at Boron, that Boron has something unique. And not only because of the blue tubes, and I must say parenthetically, Michelle has a blue jacket on and blue eyeglasses on. They are very beautiful. (laughs) I wish you could see her, and I'm totally enjoying the view I have right now. (laughs) But also because there's a new role occurring For Boron, I mean, it's not that new. You've been in the U.S. for, what, 40 years? Since 1983. 83, okay. What is the role of Boron and the role of growth of homeopathy throughout the world? It is our aim to make homeopathy well-known everywhere in the world. Our aim is not to make a special medicine so that we can gain much money. Of course, it's good. But that's not the point. The point is we really want pharmacopathy to be known everywhere so that people are able to choose the way of curing them. To choose, you have to know it before. It's the same for people than for all the healthcare professionals. So it's important that we go everywhere in the world to promote pharmacopathy. May I just add something? Uh, it's very simple. If you go on the one website, you will see that goal clearly written. It's about, for us, I think, establishing a trustful relationship with the pharmacist, physicians, or customers. And I think that is strong. People recognize it. They talk about it. And that's how it grows, very organically. It's not so much an exponential growth, 
It's an organic growth. Uh, mothers talk to their daughters, to their neighbors. Yes. And, and when they want an information, we give them coherent and consistent information. We try to be as clear and transparent as possible. And that is really helping people to choose something they are trusting as opposed to you know, something they are fearing. And that, I think, plays a role. Yes, I couldn't agree with you more. A big aspect of my message is that this needs to be in the hands of families. And that usually means mothers and grandmothers. Although I see fathers more and more interested in this. Mm. But the mothers are the ones who are generally up with the children in the middle of the night. The grandmothers are the ones who are advising their daughters and daughter-in-laws, etc. So I believe what this is is a movement towards family. And family doesn't have to be with children. Family can be with cats. A family can be with livestock. A family can be with having, you know, two poodles and a German shepherd. That's still family because we can't help but want to take care of those we love. And that is a big part of this. So I say family and mother and grandmother with a little bit broader understanding of it. But I also understand that there are pharmacy schools in the U.S. Tell me about these schools and are you teaching their pre-stop or tell me about that a little bit. Yes, I was very pleased and honored to be invited to speak at several schools of pharmacy and two of them on a very regular basis for seven years now. And our goal is to go there with a mission of information. We are not there to promote born or even promote homeopathy as much as saying those are drugs, you cannot ignore it, and we think we are the best people to explain in detail and answer all your questions. We expose the facts, we expose the research. At the beginning, I was very surprised to see how from a level of knowledge that was almost zero, at the end of the two hours, they say, well, we are very comfortable now answering questions. And for pharmacists or future pharmacists, this is so important because if they appear not to know something, the customer will go elsewhere and God knows where sometimes and not receive the same good advice. So at least in the U.S., that's my experience. I'm sure in France, the situation is not the same, but homeopathy is more integrated. You have other types of questions. But in general, pharmacists, when they start to know homeopathy, have a keen interest into it. Well, interestingly, I find that when I teach homeopathy and I get pharmacists in my classes, they get it. Once they flip that switch and they move just a tiny degree over, it all fits because that's what homeopathy is, is pharmacology. May I share with you just a quick number? We were involved in the process of sponsoring continuing education program. And one of the questions that was asked before the program was launched is to pharmacists, are you interested in being educated in homeopathy? Guess what the percentage was? 400 pharmacists answered. I have no idea. I'd okay. like to think it's high. 96%. Oh, come on. That's excellent. So can we say they are open-minded? They're looking for the alternatives. I think that's how we have all come to homeopathy. Perhaps not Michelle so much because she grew up in a family with it. But for those of us who were on the allopathic trail for so many years and then were cured or diseases were resolved for myself, etc., my family, it becomes a passion like no other passion. Now, I love food and I love preparing food. I love travel. There are many things that I love. I love Italian opera, but nothing has turned me on 
like this. Talking about a switch being flipped. Once mine was flipped, there was no turning back. And I see that and I keep waiting for it to happen in others. And I am observing this in so many people because of our goal in teaching families time and time again. So it is a very exciting movement. And I do believe that it is a movement. Would you say, Michelle, that this is a movement? Yes, of course, this is a movement. And I'm very happy of that and proud to help it. So as long as I can do that, and uh, it will be a really big chance for me. Yes. So now I also understand that you're looking to India and you've broken into the Indian market. Is that right? It is our last subsidiary. We went to India before and then we moved. But today we have the willing to be back to India. And we are in India since one year. In this country, you know, homeopathy is an official medicine. You have plenty of people using already homeopathic medicines. So yes, we yes. hope to, to do a good job there. Yes, yes. I think it's an excellent idea. I don't know that they have the stops that other countries in Europe and the U.S. have in terms of regulations. I don't know how deep their regulations go. So it would be good to have something that was universally regulated. I love that idea. Generally, I'm not for universality, but when it comes to this, I'm all in. Joette, I know that in India, they are looking to the homeopathic pharmacopoeia of the U.S. as a, a provider of clean and reliable guidelines. Yes. So that's, that's a very good sign. Guidelines, yes, guidelines. Normalization. Yeah, it's needed because I work with people from all over the world and it's hard to get them some medicine sometimes because I don't know the pharmacies in those parts of the world. And to be able to send them to Boron in remote places would certainly make it a lot easier for many of my students, etc. Yeah, it would be great. So, Michelle, you said, and please correct me if I'm wrong, something to the fact that it's not one product you have in mind it's something other than that could you just expound on that just for one more minute i just want to make sure i understand the aim is to give some people a chance to be cured when they can be cured by conventional medicine that is to say a woman who has hot flashes who has a risk of breast cancer she will not be able to take hormonals so what can she do Excellent example. Except homeopathy, you don't have any solution. And then you have also all the palliative care we can accompany, not, of course, replace chemotherapy and radiotherapy. Surgery, and yes, and diagnostics, etc. Yes. Only to mitigate the side effects of the chemotherapy. So it helps a lot and it helps so many people. So that's our way of thinking. Yes, yes. Well, on the other hand, there is one product that Boron is so well known for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Oscillococcinum. And what's really fascinating about this story is that I have a picture of your dog in front of me. Yes. <laughs> Tell the listeners about how those two bridge together. <laughs> Her name was Osilo, that's why. Osilo. <laughs> Very sweet. So it only goes to show how important one medicine can be in one family. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
she lived five years more than all her siblings because she was cured with homeopathy. Also good for pets. <laughs> yes. Is there anything else that I should be asking you folks that I have not asked or anything you would like to comment on for our listeners that you believe would be valuable? Not to discuss perhaps, but to say that homeopathic medicines are good from the first day of the life until the last day of the life. They are for everybody. Everybody can take those medicines without any risk. And that would be my message. Dare to try because you don't have any risk. And it is so important to dare to try. I love it. Guts, spunk, and moxie. Thank you very much, both Christophe and Michelle. It's been wonderful. I've totally enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. There you have it, folks. Straight from the experts. Many thanks to Michelle Boron and Christophe Melville and Boron for this inspirational interview. You just listened to a podcast by JoetteCalabres.com, where nationally certified homeopath, public speaker, and author Joette Calabres shared her passion for helping families stay strong through homeopathy and nutrient-dense nutrition. Joette's podcasts are available on iTunes, Google Play, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Thank you for listening to this podcast with Joette Calabrese. If you liked it, please share it with your friends. To learn more and find out if homeopathy is a good fit in your health strategy, visit joettecalabrese.com.